You get all the buttons now. Look at me. I am oh, the captain oh, now. I'm, I'm literally. You literally <laughs> have to do all the button pushing. All now. right. But this is the old one. It's I think. the old one. It's, it's the extended remix. Living in a scientific age, people will have to fast forward even more now. Who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We use science to, to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. Are we going to use it constructively? Probably not. <laughs> Honestly, you? no. And you too. Hi, Todd. Hello, Mark. <laughs> oh, I'm sounding a little echoey all of a sudden. Uh, I don't know why. I'm just jealous you get to play with all those new buttons. We have buttons and knobs and sliders. <laughs> you got all the knobs. Uh, do you know who led the Jewish people across a semi-permeable membrane? I don't. Osmosis. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That that wasn't meant for you. That was Trump at Madison Square Garden. Oh, oh no. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was too soon. It was Trump at the World Series. Uh <laughs> Hello, hi, and welcome to the Mark and Todd cast. Uh, I'm Todd. I never do that on the show. I keep falling back into the habit doing the Portland at the movies type uh, opening for this. But nobody cares or listens to this, so I don't need to introduce us. How are you doing? I'm I'm really well. It's been a busy week. It was Halloween. It week, was so Halloween. You had tr- trick or treaters and everything. Trick or treaters, and we we so originally Nick was going to be out of town. He was going to be in L.A going to a big Day of the Dead festival. At the last minute, he canceled. But while he was in the plans for that, I'm like, hey, Brett and his daughter, Emma, why don't you come over and use the house as a base for trick-or-treating? Okay. And the three of us will watch a movie or something, right? And then Nick canceled, and he invited a couple people, and they invited a couple people. <laughs> And uh, then he invited also his friend Lisa. And the, uh, I know this, you had sent out that that email about no Halloween party. And then in no my Halloween Facebook party. feed, I'm like, oh, there's 25. It was people a, it was a party house. for everyone but Todd. <laughs> 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 and so like one family, one family arrived with their friends from their apartment complex, which were six native Chinese people. <laughs> And so I got to, I got to try to figure out what in the world was happening in America <laughs> this one day. <laughs> so, and so they stopped by and they were only here. Uh, the, the majority of the group was only here for about 20 minutes. And, um, as they used this house to launch their trick or treat. Yeah, so what it didn't, cause this is a good over. neighborhood for trick or treating. I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah, it's yeah. Solid. yeah. It's uh sidewalks everywhere. And, and, and you guys sp- spooked out, spooked we, out the house. It's very, very spooky out there. We've figured out how to get the maximum spook impact for the least amount of effort. I believe you mean spimpact. <laughs> spimpact. <laughs> and so we uh, we have two smoke machines with uh, ice, uh, dry ice in them that make ground fog. Yeah. One Speakers, from the bins. One from the bins uh, that I replaced the cord on. Yes, work. you did. And then um, we have speakers in that we put in front and did you do some the pro- lights a projection this year no sometimes you do that that's high high effort okay and so this okay one, we're trying to figure out like what are the key elements that spook kids right. are like make the experience spin packed uh, spin packed and uh it's 
And so we literally set up for like one hour. This oh, year. nice. It's really nice. Yeah. And it looks great. Yeah. How fun. Uh, well, uh, yesterday I spent all day at Wilsonville High School uh, watching my buddy Colin. had a uh, He had a soccer tournament there. And so I was there for like seven and a half hours. And I didn't do as bad texting you as I thought. <laughs> you did send some texts. But I did send you some texts out of the blue. And uh, you found the answer for one of them. So I'm going to read it. I, I was sitting there thinking, you know, while I was watching, it was a, a special. It was kind of neat. It's a Special Olympics program called... Um, uh, United, and it's a mix of special needs kids and neurotypical, which is the word you're supposed to use, oh. um, kids who I don't, I'm always curious about the reason the neurotypical kids, especially like in junior high would offer to play on special needs teams, but like all of them, all of them were full teams. And so they had a big tournament. And so as I'm, I'm watching people who struggle with coordination, and all that put all this stuff together and it's always neat to see, but I was wondering about like when you get when you use a extend expend a lot of mental energy you generally get very tired you're like you're exhausted after going to a seminar all day where you're listening and writing and concentrating and all that or desk jobs are very tiring if it's something that you have to be focused on all that so clearly you're using some kind of energy so i wanted to know that i wanted to know if you can burn you can lose weight if you thought a lot thought a lot or thought right. real hard <laughs> and so you quickly did, you Googled that for me, basically. <laughs> right. And some, somebody had an article and, and they basically said um, there's no no conclusive evidence. The, the jury's still out on the specific caloric burning of, of things. But there's definitely chemical reactions that go on. And, and we experience this in, in tech jobs all the time where I'm heads down in the code just churning uh you know thought for six like in hours a, like totally. in a 90s internet movie you're flying through the cityscape <laughs> made up of numbers hackers, hackers. <laughs> you and angelina jolie <laughs> and i will get absolutely brain exhausted yeah and i think that it's a buildup of some chemicals that get then purged out during sleep but right. Um, but I don't know about the, you're not raising your body to, temperature. I need to start my a... lose weight while thinking <laughs> Yes, <laughs> diet, diet program. And I'll just start a program. It'll just be yeah. a bunch of puzzles to give people and they can concentrate real hard on the puzzles and watch the pounds melt away. <laughs> be amazing. We can make a little website for it. People can subscribe. Sadly enough, Download it would probably app. be incredibly... <laughs> incredibly successful business yes. endeavor <laughs> stupid ethics all right well tesla overtakes gm as the most valuable u.s automaker so their short, uh, shares soared 70 percent on thursday after the electric car maker surprised wall street by delivering on elon musk's promise of a profit in the third quarter even though doubts remained about its long-term process or prospects it's interesting even with it with and, and i cut a bunch of this out because this article is very long very inside baseball, as they say, but here's a little paragraph of, so it's trading at $298. Tesla's market capitalization was, uh, was 53 billion, which, uh, surpassed general motors, 51 billion. So this, uh, um, it, everyone started. So the, sh the strong report unleashed a bloodbath on traders shorting Tesla, the right. second most shorted company after Apple. Now I still don't really understand what 
shorting does. It just seems like that's what always causes all of the problems. Right. Somehow. I, I know there's a movie, a big short, but I did not see it, which I think is about shorting stocks. I've heard was good. Yes. I have not seen that either. You don't um, th- I can I don't see you losing weight. You're, you're thinking so hard about it. If you've the, seen the pounds are, shri- are, are falling you're, away. You're, posi- you're glowing. Yeah. We, we should do an episode on shorting. And yeah. Like what, what that means, because I know it's essentially betting on, you know, a company failing. Right. And you'll make money if they fail. If they fail, because but yeah. I don't know like where that it just money is so shit. Because then it says Tesla's one point eight billion junk bond, which was is due in August of twenty twenty five. Like what's even ha- like what is all this stuff? I asked, knowing that you don't know the answer. <laughs> know the answer. But it just seems like Tesla which is a fairly straightforward. We make an el- this electric car with all of this stuff behind the scenes, it's just it. How how are how are we going to survive? It just I don't. It just seems so needlessly like I have to go to the dark web to find out like all of this yeah. because it just it just seems like it's not quite as straightforward as we're all led to believe. But anyway, if you know anything about junk bonds and shorting and all that get get a hold of us and you can come on the show and and explain to us like we're five because that's how i understand it um apple is going to resume some human reviews of siri with their iphone update so uh in august they suspended the practice um for the way it used people rather than machines to review audio um while the common while common in the tech industry, the practice undermined Apple's attempts to position itself as a trustworthy, trusted steward of privacy. Uh, Tim Cook keeps saying that privacy is a fundamental human right, um, which keeps showing up in their apologies for <laughs> violating our privacy. So uh, Apple is giving consumers notice when installing the update to 13.2. You can choose not now to decline audio storage, not Never or no thank you or go pound a sand or eat nope. me, <laughs> but just not now. Not now. So you can decline that tomorrow as well. Yes. So just like every day, how I have to say, um, there are updates to this computer. When would you like to update? And I have to say, remind me tomorrow because it's the farthest you could put it off. Because I think if I restart my computer, I don't think the monitor will turn on again is what we discovered when i took it in to get it looked at a couple months ago you're amazing uh so on to twitter so twitter um bans political ads which is delivering a jab at facebook which has come under fire for the way it's handling its advertising by candidates quote we believe political message reach should be earned not bought said jack dorsey now is jack dorsey a crazy person uh, or is he? I don't think so. Like he's not. For some reason, in my head, I have it that he's a little nutty. But maybe I'm getting him confused with someone else. Or the like WeWork he's CEO. been arrested. Or yeah, that mm-hmm. WeWork. I don't know anything about except that they stole W E R K and almost my logo. <laughs> so now everyone, I should sue them because yes. I'll get fewer business or less business. Less business, fewer customers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. But anyway, the decision doesn't seem to have uh, appear to represent a major financial sacrifice for Twitter um, and little impact on the way campaigns are run in general. Twitter is sort of uh, if you have extra money or if you want to get to the pundits. Uh, overall, campaigns spend 
How much do you think campaigns spent in 2018 online? I'll give you a hint that it was four times what they spent in the 2014 midterms. Uh, and we're talking all social media campaigns yeah, across the board? Yeah, it just says campaigns spent blank online. Uh, $250 million. $950 million. Oh, my Lord. So the 2019-22 or 2020 federal campaigns uh, are estimated to be $1.2 billion, with a B, as Nate would say. Um, so Twitter's announcement came about a half hour before Mark Zuckerberg delivered an impassioned defense for Facebook's policy of not fact-checking ads from politicians. It went on this article. I cut it out, but it said Elizabeth Warren just bought an ad that yeah. said like whatever, it, right. like Mark Zuckerberg is a reptile person or Pretty whatever. <laughs> um, so blah, blah, blah. Twitter is at least, uh, of course now being, uh, Oh, they're the ones that keep um, being confu confused, uh, um, accused of silencing conservatives. Right. Whenever conservatives call for violence right. and terrible things. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think her ad was that Lindsey Graham supports the New Deal uh, <laughs> of uh, AOC. And, um, of course, he does not. Right. Uh, and <laughs> he, I believe uh, he was alive for the first, for the actual the first new beer. Yes. <laughs> he swooned <laughs> and fell onto a fainting couch. <laughs> My stars. <laughs> Whatever have they done? <laughs> uh, ooh, Democratic pre uh, presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg called Twitter's decision, quote, a bold step that reflects a sense of responsibility. He told reporters that if other social media giants don't take active steps to determine whether their advertisements cause harm, they should, quote, question whether they should be in business at all. It's, it's he true. He said, holding a puppy. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so feeding cute. the homeless with the other hand. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we know this. We know how uh, manipulative the social media's feeds are they are specifically engineered to rile you up and feed you whatever information is necessary to do that and so if i if i have 1.2 billion dollars at my disposal of how do i get voters to the polls uh then i will say anything right you know and, right well and if the idea is just to sow discord and and confusion then it right. doesn't matter who's saying what all right uh, i just sent you i uh messaged you a link there uh, so this is a little more visual i'll probably use this as the image for our show um so you can look at that on facebook uh, but there's a really neat map that came out it is the first high resolution map of the u.s food supply chain oh, so cool. it's so it's a comprehensive sma uh, smash shot snapshot of all food that flows between uh, counties in the U.S., grains, fruits, vegetables, animal feed, and processed food items. So this lady, uh, Megan Konar, who worked on this, said, to build the map, we brought together information from eight databases, uh, including the freight, um, which tracks shipment, blah, 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 all these different places. Um, and so you can just see a lot of it from California and a lot of it from uh, that flows into... Boy, where where is that flowing into? I'm guessing Chicago there in the in the Midwest, and it's just a really neat map to show where where your food comes from, where the food hubs are, because they'll track they'll they'll put uh, lines in so that if your corn goes to 
If you grow your corn in Iowa and it goes to Kansas, 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 and is processed for animal feed that goes to somewhere else, they'll still track that going to animal feed and then where that animal who eats that food, where that goes. So it's all really neat and it just really shows how food travels from place to place and, and how places like California feeds a lot of uh, a lot of people and the Pacific Northwest holds its own a little bit. Oh yeah. Um with our fruits and all of that. But anyway, so that's that's a neat look at at some data. Presenting some data. And lastly, which sounds like a question that I would have asked, what would happen if someone died in the International Space Station? Oh. So even astronauts have claimed they don't know what the death protocol is. And so there's a book called An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth. Um recalls a NASA training experience called, in, uh, called a death sim. So um, he wrote a book, uh, blah, blah, blah. There are no body bags on the station, so should we shove it in a spacesuit and stick it in a locker? But then what about the smell? Should we send it back to Earth on a resupply ship and let it burn up with the rest of the garbage on reentry? Um, uh, we need to start thinking about this because as uh, we travel through space more commonly, it's going uh, to kind of become inevitable, especially if we start going to Mars and stuff. Um, so this lady, world-famous mortician, who, of course, Mark, world-famous mortician, Caitlin, Caitlin Doty. Ah. <laughs> Apparently she has made a career out of promoting death acceptance. Uh, so she wrote a cat, Will Cat, or wrote a cat. What? She wrote a book called Will My Cat Eat My Eyeballs, which apparently is all about death. But she uh, outlines a couple uh, possibilities. So you can bring the body back to Earth, but you'd have to, uh, so you'd have to wait for a space shuttle. So the priority is keeping it cool. Uh, there's no room for a space mortuary, so astronauts keep trash and food waste in the coldest part of the station, so that's probably the best option. However, stuffing a, quote, fallen space hero in with the rubbish is probably not the best public relations move. So you can build an onboard eco-cremation system. Um, in the system, the body would be, quote, thrust into the shuttle's airlock, which is almost absolute zero, which is negative 270 Celsius. After an hour, the frozen corpse would be vibrated by a robot arm for 15 minutes, turning it into chunks, which would then be dehydrated, turning the astronaut's body to a lightweight powder. That was unexpected. Uh, that's what I laughed at when I was I was compiling <laughs> oh, this yeah, earlier, yeah. and then I, fa I, I fast-forwarded. I scrolled so I wouldn't finish it because it was making me laugh. <laughs> So if they didn't vibrate, you would just have a freeze-dried body. Yeah, you would just have a frozen corpse. Um, you could leave the body in space, which would be fairly simple, like burial at sea. But unfortunately, space corpses don't vanish into a void like in Hollywood movies. They would most likely just follow the same orbit as the shuttle. This perversely would turn her into a form of space trash. Uh, even worse, the astronauts would have to pass the orbiting corpse on every trip, <laughs> like mountain climbers walking past frozen bodies on, Everli on, on Everest. Everest. Uh, there would be a small possibility that the pod would land on some distant uh, exoplanet where it'd be cracked open on impact. So we'll or, have to figure we something out. send it out. to the Genesis Project and have it reanimate, and then... <laughs> We send the Kirk and the crew down to go <laughs> find Spock's body. Yeah. So I, why can't we? I guess you'd have to figure out a thrusting system just to shoot it into the sun. Like, it seems like we could just do that with all of the space trash. Just 
send it on a trajectory and then it won't stop. What you need to do is play Kerbal Space Program so that you can understand understand space physics. So you can understand space physics. Because what you have to do is uh, get it out of Earth orbit. And so you uh, fling it, basically give thrust behind it so that the orbit becomes more and more like an egg shape. And then ultimately that egg shape opens up and it's able to break free of the uh, of Earth's orbit. Of Earth's orbit. Of Earth's gravity. Seems like you just it's, pass it from orbit to orbit very slowly until it finally is released. Well, you still have to have Should I send thrust them, my, send them my idea? Maybe they haven't <laughs> thought of that yet. Maybe nobody's been brave enough to speak truth to power. It's true. It's true. <laughs> you and Greta. Yeah. <laughs> we will be spoken as of the same. <laughs> in the future. Huh, did you have any news? Uh, yes. Yeah, so okay. <clears throat> uh, Japan has proposed wooden cars made of plant-based cellulose nanofibers. Oh, boy. And so cellulose nanofibers are uh, plant-based and they offer car makers the opportunity to build strong, lightweight cars with, with sustainable, <laughs> while sustainably removing as mean? much as two. Thousand vulnerable, vulnerable. <laughs> two thousand kilograms or four thousand four hundred pounds of carbon from the car car's life cycle, and so they are able to make a similar material to plastic injection molding, but make it out of plant fibers, and it's five times stronger than steel. It's lightweight. What are they? Uh, there's a there's a. What are you adding to that that makes this a sustainable, like, I, there I has know. to be some sort of chemical added to, I mean, it's not just a, a weaving of... Ke- yeah, Kyoto University has built this regular, uh, rather angular, gullwing supercar design using a lot of... <laughs> it's going to look like a Caprice classic. Yeah, <laughs> I passed one of those. I passed a station... What? Like that. that looks like a like a Bugatti. Uh, yeah, exactly. But it's made out of plant fibers and uh, have... stronger than spider silk. <laughs> Follow-up questions. So it's made project. essentially from wood uh, that's been chipped, pulped, and boiled in chemicals to remove the lignin and hemicellulose. Right. It's sort of like that's, yeah, highly that's... condensed, lightweight, and incredibly strong material that's also recyclable. So there's a big, there's a big <laughs> there's a question of, mark, question mark, question mark. Let's go to Kyoto University. Potato chips. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I went uh, with Nick and Brian the Unipiper yesterday to TEDx Mount Hood. Uh, uh, Brian uh, the Unipiper had a booth there for Weird Portland United oh, promoting nice. the the upcoming gala that's on the seventh. And tickets are still available. Yes, weirdportlandunited.org. And uh, a friend of the show, Daria, uh, Daria Elliott, uh, was one of the speakers. And so she uh, talked about basically loss and oh, interesting. the experience of being fired and like her journey over the last two years since that process has happened and kind of where she is now. Nice. Uh, it was really powerful. It was, it was well received. Everybody loved her. And, oh, good. Uh, it was really well done. Good for her. It was amazing. Way to go. Yay. Way to go, friend of the show, Daria. 
That's all I got. All right. Well, let's talk quick about uh, Sonic Sketches because guess what's coming up? It's Christmas. We started learning Christmas songs in church this morning because we always, the little kids always sing, oh, yeah, sing yeah. in church. So we've got like a month or so before that. So already we're starting starting our Christmas preparations. So get your Christmas preparation out of the way and get someone you love a Sonic Sketch. So your favorite song is captured as a high resolution audio wave, then rendered as a full detailed, uh, full contrast image. You can get a couple panels next to each other and it's a display of your favorite music or favorite song or favorite sound bite of some sort. Like a moment ago, I ordered peanuts. <laughs> That's so out of context now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so go to sonicsketches.com. You can get free shipping anywhere in the U.S. These make a really cool gift, uh, and it's uh, personalized, something that you can give the person you love that means something and is made here in Portland locally. And use the promo code MarkTodd for free shipping anywhere in the United States. So do do that. Do it. <laughs> I'll just play this. That's when you were loading, when you were having so much fun loading up your new, your, your, yeah. all the little sounders and stuff. And each week you're at, you kind of asked if I want to load all of my sounders up in there and, and I, 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 I can't let go of all my sounders. So now we're having, <laughs> do, exactly, dueling sounding I boards. barely knew her. <laughs> I barely knew her. I did give you that one. Though. <laughs> that one's always, that one's always it's wanted. It's a classic. Yeah. So, uh, Todd, what do you know about phosphorus? Nothing. I know very little <laughs> as well. Uh, but I was. I are those was, things the things that make things glow? So those are phosphors. Uh, okay. They come from the same Greek word, which means uh, to bring light. And so, okay. uh, not made from the same material, but um, comes from the same root word, but they're not related. At okay. All. Yeah. I thought the same thing. Okay. So, so phosphor because I don't know anything about <clears throat> phosphors either. Oh, which, uh, which in doing some research on phosphorus, uh, I came across phosphors and and answered that question that I had, which is what you just asked. <laughs> and uh, so phosphors specifically are uh, material that's coated usually on the inside of glass that uh, you shoot. Uh, radiation at either uh you know a crt yeah i was gonna say so that's how old televisions work exactly and so that's why i know it then because it's always light yeah when a beam is shot against it so the inside of fluorescent bulbs they fluoresce because of phosphorus uh, okay. or phosphors uh, that are inside uh, so is there a, is there a gas inside of those little or is it... yes okay In, inside of uh, like a fluorescent bulb fluorescent is filled bulb. with fluoresc fluorescent fluorescing is gas. fluorescing uh, yeah it's it's got a gas and it's arcing yeah but that's not what we're talking about today we're talking about phosphorus so um okay sorry what? No, i no. think i just remembered what phosphorus might be oh <laughs> is it what makes some does it make fizz because no. can't you get can't you get sodas with phosphors phosphor in it okay i'm going to stop talking now no i know what you're talking about uh because we didn't weren't you with us when we went to the Union, uh, the city of Union? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the place where we had lunch. It was a tiny place in Idaho that had drinks with. I'll look that up. Well, yeah. <laughs> while we never actually get to what <laughs> what the real things. Phosphoric acid. 
Phosphoric acid is responsible for a biting taste associated with colas. Clear sodas contain citric acid instead of phosphoric acid. So it's kind of the opposite of that. Um, anyway, so phosphoric acid. It happens to be the sixth most abundant element in your body. Ooh. Now we got oxygen, carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, sulfur, and phosphorus. So you have a lot of phosphorus in your body. And Is that why I'm so bitter? Yeah, and so it's found <laughs> it's found in DNA and RNA and all living cell membranes. It kind of helps keep the, the thing together. And um, there's several types of phosphorus. There's white phosphorus that uh, as soon as it comes in contact with oxygen, it ignites and uh, develops a flame. Red phosphorus does not. It's barely, barely uh, stable, and it's not inert it, because it is the material you find on match heads. So a lot of match, uh, match heads yeah. have, will have phosphorus and some sulfur and some that's why grit in there. Yeah, so <laughs> um, it's... Uh, highly toxic. It so can it's be a, combustible. It's a chemical. It's a chemical. It's okay. an element. So it's a goo. An element. It is one of the one of our elements. One of our elements. One uh, of our fifty-two. How many elements are there? Forty-four. Well, <laughs> no, there's more than that. Seventy. Uh, so, oh shit! Now I I should know that. <laughs> it's like hundred and thirty. How many uh, elements are there? Hey Google, how many elements are there? 118. 118 elements. Okay. Oh, website, okay, thank, okay, Google, cancel. <laughs> Google has a New Zealand accent. It, it, only for me. So I <laughs> configured it so that so I know you, when it recognizes my voice. You do have a good You do have a good voice for for the voice commands because I found we're never going to get to this subject. I found a voice controlled R two R two D two at Hey R two, play message. But his lights keep blinking on and off, so I'm thinking. Hey R two, play message. Oh, he's shaking his head no. Sometimes he oh. does shake, but yeah, for some reason he doesn't respond to my voice, but your voice. He was oh. R2's gone I was nutty. thinking about the dance. <laughs> Maybe it's reading my mind. R2's reading your mind. Yep. All right, okay, gonna... Google. Thank you. Okay, R2. All right. Sorry. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, so phosphorus. Phosphorus. The eighth most. Six. Six. In the, six. In the body. Uh, it happens to be the first element that was discovered in non-ancient times so we know who the discoverer was and how he discovered it oh and uh james phosphor his his name was hennig brand nice and so hennig is a little bit who we're going to talk about today so neat he um it it roots more he he married well, and she came with a great dowry. He quit his job as a glassmaker to find the Philosopher's Stone. Now, do you know what the Philosopher's Stone is besides, uh, besides Harry Potter's Harry first Potter book? first book? <laughs> I don't. The Philosopher's Stone was a mythical substance uh, that would turn basic metals into gold. Okay, so alchemy. Alchemy. Okay. And it also 
was believed that the the philosopher's stone held the uh, essence of life or the elixir of life and could uh, provide for immortal, Im- immortality. And so he was um, around in the 1600s, and this was big business to find the philosopher's stone because you'll have riches. Did they think it was like a stone, like granite type thing, or did they think it was like just like the Holy Grail, an object that somehow magically? Um, No, they they thought it was a substance like that was part of your body, for example. So food would be ingested and pee would come out. And they're like, some magical is is doing this. Well, I mean, yeah, we are turning chicken strips into electricity so that is exactly that is a reasonable thing to think that there's a magical stone inside of us that does that right and so this was the substance that they were looking for so he was on the route to find that he found some other writings that basically alluded to urine is the source of the philosopher's stone and so he went down the urine route and so golden very golden (laughs) so uh there's there's varying reports and we don't have a a specific number but he gathered a lot of urine Uh, (laughs) some reports say like 1500 (laughs) gallons with the marlon brando's vacation house (laughs) there's so many little side jokes that you can make about this uh anyway um 1,500-ish gallons of urine. Uh, we don't know exactly where it all came from. It, there's like rumors of his wife and friends and friends of friends, or he made a bid to the army to collect uh, urine from the army, whatever. So he would take the urine and put them in big vats and then let it sit in the sun oh. for several weeks. Oh. And it would accumulate worms and be rancid. Neighbors hate this one, <laughs> this one special trick. This one, one alchemist. <laughs> yes. And uh, so after several weeks of fermenting, basically, and just becoming a terrible, terrible existence of sludge, <laughs> he would boil that up oh. until it became a thick, thick <laughs> syrup. Oh, no. Then he would take the red oil off of the top and and Why is there red oil involved? I don't like this at all. He would skim the red oil and collect. (laughs) That's why I'm not giving up my sounders. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, nice. This is going to be like War of Wikipedia, except with sounders. So he would take the red oil, separate that, and put it on the side. Then he was left with... um, this uh the rest of the liquid he would put into the basement and it would turn black over the next several weeks <laughs> so then that developed a salt layer on the bottom he discarded that mixed the black part with the red oil and distilled it using a retort that bulb that has that i don't think you're supposed to say that anymore <laughs> The, oh, it's got like the big long nose big on it. Long that nose on it yeah, attaches exactly. to the other one. You you distill things using it, so it boils, it collects condensation, and drips down. Okay. And what he found was, after all of that, he uh, he discovered white phosphorus, and he was able to isolate white phosphorus from our bodies, and he he would take that liquid. Can you imagine, that, like, because you. <laughs> You were talking about the 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 dowry that enabled him to quit his job. Can you imagine the the in laws are like, 
What kind of a person did our daughter marry? He's asking everyone in town for their urine. <laughs> for God's sake. Someone has got to talk to him. <laughs> so, so he found that as the liquid was uh, exposed to air, it would flash to fire. It would it would develop a flame. It would smoke and 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 stuff. So he took that liquid and put it into a jar with a cap on it, and it would develop um, almost a, a flame that would live for many hours. Oh, weird! And uh, because it wasn't uh, exactly burning oxygen. It was so it had oxygen uh, kind of contained within it. So he could keep it in a bottle for hours. And so he called it, uh, cold, cold fire, pea flame, <laughs> pea flame. And it would remain, uh, it would remain lit and, and glowing from the inside, uh, for well, hours. It's probably a lot like when we tried to do the, um, the plasma in the microwave type exactly. thing, that sort of exactly flamey, exactly, and definitely or the whoosh bottle, maybe the whoosh bottle. Yeah, it's a very uh, exciting uh, news. And so then he was terrified of sharing that, and so for six years he kept it a full secret. <laughs> and <laughs> for six years, for six years. And so, so what he, did he like, see? Further like, developed the process of extraction, and then he found that he could take that white phosphorus and and maintain it underwater where it wasn't contacting oxygen uh, and so he would take some out and then that would be used as light at night to uh, so instead of oil he would use phosphorus <laughs> made from pee and <laughs> yeah, just uh, and uh, and ultimately he uh, passed it on to somebody else and and there there were uh, he definitely had you know massive breakthrough in and is attributed with discovering phosphorus. It turns out that if he hadn't discarded that salt layer on the bottom, he would have yielded like ten times as much oh, phosphorus no. and you know things like oh. that uh, that he discovered so does, later down the road. Does phosphorus then come from anywhere else, or are we still mining it from urine? <laughs> We're, uh, no, it's it, it's in many organic materials and so it's a key ingredient in um in fertilizer and so if you remember oh right the nitrogen the, and phosphorus exactly that's the numbers on the exactly the secret numbers on the front of the fertilizer thing that nobody ever knows what they're supposed to mean but if you remember like the oklahoma city bombing was a fertilizer bomb which, oh right you know, phosphorus is okay. you know, a key ingredient that is and uh, so is it just, it, it's not if it's exposed to oxygen, like what's the relationship between that and oxygen or am I? For, for white phosphorus only, when that is exposed to oxygen, it will you know, become an exothermic reaction. Uh, is that even the oxygen like in the air around it in or is it like pure it. oxygen? Okay. No, just if you expose white phosphorus to air, it will ignite. That's crazy. Totally. <laughs> it's, it's, Terrifying. <laughs> we pee um, out explosives. But, well, and so red phosphorus. And red stuff. Uh, and the and, red and a salt oil. layer you have to skim <laughs> away. <laughs> so the the red phosphorus is stable and able to be maintained. I think the red phosphorus is what is in fertilizer. But it also, um, you know, phosphorus was used, white phosphorus was used uh, alongside napalm in, um, in Vietnam. And you'd had 
you know, phosphorus bombs and they explode white and they're yeah. crazy and just burn everything and, and, uh, everything. So Hennig Brand and his, wow. um, his exploration as bold. Now I wonder, did it say like why? So he wanted the philosopher's stone is what he was after. No, right. the, yeah, the philosopher's, the philosopher's stone. Oh, so it's yeah. called so the philosopher's he, stone. Yeah. Okay. And so he was looking for that material. And so once he had isolated is phosphorus. Is that a part of the Harry Potter? I don't yeah. remember a whole lot of it. I mean, I know it was in the I title, know. but was it there is. an actual stone that they were trying to get after? Yeah, that turned something into gold, I think. Huh. Oh, I don't well. know. Sorry, Harry Potter fans. Not a big fan. Um, ask Sarah. Uh, Sarah, you know my first sure, wife. Yes. She knows everything about that. And, um, and so during that six years of post-discovery, pre-revelation, he was trying to further isolate and try and turn you know, copper into gold or lead into gold using phosphorus and was having no difficulty, <laughs> some challenges <laughs> coming uphill battle. And uh, that wasn't happening. And so did they uh, know gold was an element back then? Gold's an element, isn't yeah, it? Gold is yeah. an element. AU. AU. Yep. So it's like a, you can't make it. Cause well, it's you, you can make already. El- you can make elements from other elements by I don't like that. That adding <laughs> neutrons or or I don't have a yeah. mind <laughs> mind blow and blow. At, adding adding or or subtracting protons, and so like uranium splits into xenon and and argon and some other things, uh, and so. Just because something is one element doesn't mean that it's necessarily it going to change. Yeah, that's so like, weird. Uh, I think I just stopped listening at that point, and not here, but in in science ever. class growing up. Ever, I was yeah. too busy planning my big huge science project with this this giant poster that was maybe like four feet high and two feet wide and it was all about spontaneous combustion and it just drew a giant man on fire and used weekly world news articles to support my thesis and was told no longer to do that so uh and the the final point is (laughs) earth's phosphorus is being depleted at an alarming rate oh no and so at the current consumption levels we will run out of known phosphorus reserves in around 80 years so how are we so we're just using it all you, up. Yeah, using okay. it. It's and used, what do we use it now? We extensively matches. for farming. Okay. Farming. Oh yeah, for yeah, fertilizers. It's, it's of fertilizers. Course. And so that's the primary. <laughs> it's bulk. interesting that doesn't just go back into the ecosystem. Like, how is how is phosphorus surviving in the wild without us if it can't survive like just being spilled into a field and like <laughs> asked to join the circle of life? <laughs> I think we're pushing it beyond the circle of life. You know, we're not giving it the we're not replenishing <laughs> you don't say the other side <laughs> can't imagine so why why 82% of the world's phosphorus is used for fertilizers oh wow so how do they mine it now did i already ask that i i believe there's just phosphorus mines okay but... what what pointed the guy initially so he wanted to find the philosopher's stone what Oh, he and then he tried to get the philosopher's stone out of pee. That was his plan. That but was then his stumbled plan. on phosphorus. phosphorus. Exactly. Okay, exactly. Weird. Totally. That just is. He put the pee in phosphorus. <laughs> <laughs> that was the title of one of the YouTube videos that I uh, watched. In <laughs> that's pretty great. The guy who put the pee in phosphorus. <laughs> 
Oh, that's so. It must have been not easier. Well, I guess it would just to be a scientist back in like 1500. I mean, you save your pee for a long time and then like you discover an element. <laughs> right. Like that's a lot easier than it is now, I feel like. <laughs> right. With the large Haldron Collider <laughs> and such. Uh, so interesting. Phosphorus, but not phosphors, not. What was the other? Phosphoric acid. Phosphoric acid and not, there's one other thing that was not. Ah, wow. Our show is short this week. Oh, 43 minutes. Anything else we can ask Google? (laughs) The elements? (laughs) Maybe we can get Google to do our show for us. (laughs) Oh, that would be nice. I did think about uh, putting Alexa somehow in the R2 unit, which would probably be easy with a Raspberry Pi of some yeah. sort. Just oh, yeah. hook him up to be a little voice activated because he will he will patrol and he has a little motion detector. So he'll like sit there with his light on. And if something moves then he'll start to beep and like make a bunch of noise, he'll go around the room. and He's got a little center like a Roomba where he'll find the wall or whatever and then steer somewhere else. So I need to go get new new batteries and a new. So have you. Found the like retail price. I, for this uh, the retail price. I don't think I did. Uh, I had to download the the interactive or the um, the manual because there's a bunch of special codes uh, to because you can make it walk, but you have to tell it how many units it walks. There's something that is called um, light tag, which is some sort of hide and seek game, but I'm not quite sure how that works yet. But yeah, he'll do all sorts of little things. And if you mention Darth Vader, he like screams in terror. If you talk about Princess Leia, he'll play the Princess Leia message. It was very much worth my four dollars to get that R two. They on uh, on eBay they range from about thirty bucks to about a hundred bucks. No, oh, not bad. Not bad at all. Not a bad find. Well, let's see. What should we take us out with? R Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon, soon. too current, too too currently happening, <laughs> inexplicably <laughs> still after. That's what I think I talked about a little bit last week about how sometimes, like on on nine eleven, the way I I'll go find a, a real time broadcast of the events unfolding because, like for me, that just helps the gravity of it and and all of that. And I've been listening to a lot of Rick Emerson reruns this past, especially yesterday when I was stuck at that thing for seven hours. I just listened to Rick Emerson reruns from 2007. So you get to hear the news of 2007, but in real time over a couple of different shows. And they're of course talking about, um, and like Anna Nicole Smith died. And then there's all this stuff happening with, it was the five year anniversary. Oh, the, Oh, the more naive times of only being five years into the war on terror or whatever, but like all the people getting arrested for lying about that. And that's when the Republicans outed Valerie Plame, who was a secret CIA or FBI, I forget which one agent because they didn't like what her husband said about George Bush or whatever. And it's just so interesting to hear all the stuff that like in time, just kind of gets forgotten under the swirl of you know of of history so but yeah r kelly <laughs> r kelly yeah was still like going to trial in like 2007 like i don't what? know how his I, trial has been going on for like 20 years like i, I don't I, get it i've only heard of him like recently oh really I don't it has been going on forever 
for his dalliances uh-huh. with with underage girls and his proclivity for um, trying to make phosphor, <laughs> phosphor. <laughs> in his basement. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we did have so on on uh, on Thursday night on Halloween, um, Brett and his daughter came over, and she is four and a girl after my own heart. She. Uh, super introverted, really quiet, and so I asked uh, Google to, uh, what sound does a fart fart make, <laughs> and it farts for you, and she wouldn't stop laughing oh, hysterically, so and then so she learned to ask that, and then and and so then that devolved to, um, asking similar questions in other ways, and we asked something like what does a silent but deadly sound like or, or something? And it's like, all right, playing Miley Cyrus <laughs> farting in the USA. <laughs> and it, there's a parody song <laughs> called farting in the USA. Thank goodness you just said that because that's not what we're playing. <laughs> that's what I was hoping uh, okay, for. <laughs> it was either that or R. Kelly. Nobody wanted that. <laughs> so. But that, one of the things I, cause I typed in R. Kelly, one of the things is a, Chappelle show skit about it. I mean, that's wow. how long that has been going on. Wow. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, thank you everyone <laughs> for listening as we just stopped. Uh, do come if you're listening to this um, live ish or um, this week, come on the 7th, November 7th, come to the Weird Portland United Gala or Gala, depending on how. We're going to have to take a poll of who says gala and who says gala. Um, but there's going to be a lot of cool people there. Um, so do come to that. Find tickets at World Port- World. We're, what? Weird, <laughs> Weird Portland. WeirdPortlandUnited.org. Uh, and then on November 15 is the party to end all parties. It is the Fun Employment Radio 10 an- 10th anniversary uh show and it's going to be great we're going to be doing portland at the movies doing a live show there geek in the city is going to be doing a live thing keelan king is going to be performing with um i believe the rest of his group the praetorians uh, and doing some other stuff surprise guests that they haven't announced but um i think i may have figured out even though i have not confirmed it so it is a rumor but there might be a former broadcaster i barely knew her that uh is coming uh, so do come to that. It's 10 bucks. It's going to be a night that is just packed with awesome stuff and an awesome parties, uh, an awesome party. So do come to that. Go to funemploymentradio.com and get your tickets to that. All that being said, let's listen to DJ Tembo and friends with farting in the USA. <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> this is intro card. I was actually wondering, okay, I guess we're not done with the show yet. I was actually wondering today if you have to, if you, because uh, parody is protected under the First Amendment as free speech, do you have to pay royalties to a song like this if you're doing a parody of it? Or does parody protect you from having to, like... I think parody protects you. Because I, I think Weird, Weird Al does license his songs because he's mm. awesome but i i couldn't remember if you could just have free reign by calling it uh calling it a parody but. Yeah. so the farting song is protected under, under the, the, the first amendment video is quite something as well 
This is an expensive video. Oh, good dude. It is really funny. It is going to be Colin's new favorite song. Alright, see you guys later. Bye.